We're the Valentins. And we are passionate about people. Every human was created for fulfilling relational connection. But that's not always what comes easiest. We know this because of our wide range of personal experience, as well as our years of working with people. So we're going to crack open topics like dating, marriage, family, and parenting to encourage, entertain, and equip you for a deeply fulfilling life of relational health. All right, we are back. Yes, welcome back to Dates, Mates, and Babies with the Valentins. So happy to be with you today. Um, it's a lovely day here in Redding, California. The sun is out. We are heading into summertime and I could not be happier. Yeah, it's pretty magical. It is. Um, okay, we're going to talk about something fun today, as always. So you want to start a family. <laughs> we're going to talk about having babies, choosing to take the next step in your journey together as a couple and um, start a family. You know, people ask, okay, we're married. We've been married such and such amount of time. Um, how do we know when we're ready to actually start a family? And then there's those of you who are, you're like, you get home from your honeymoon and you miss a period and you're like, oh my gosh, I guess we're starting a family. <laughs> okay. I have a lot of friends in that boat, which was just not our story. So it just makes me kind of giggle. You've got the people who seem to have the luxury of planning everything out to a T. And then you seem to have the people who they're like, this is happening to us. Get ready. Well, the funny thing is I've had two stories. Yeah. Because I had the, we got home from our honeymoon my in my first marriage. And two months after being married, we got pregnant with our son, Elijah. Yeah. And that was... It was just so you? wild. I was, I would just turn 19. You were a child. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we got pregnant when I was 18. I know. Wild. Yeah, it was, it really was crazy. But then in our marriage, we tried for seven years to have babies and had a hard time accomplishing the goal. So you've definitely had it both ways. I have. Well, listen, for starters, you're never actually ready. That's the truth. There's... There are some realities to having kids that you just don't really know what you need to know until you're in the middle of it. And it just kind of is one of those things that you just have to kind of sort out, right? You're never fully ready to give up all of your freedom and mm -hmm. all of your, there's plenty of things that make having kids feel like a challenge. And things that you're never, if you wait around forever until all your ducks in a row, until everything's perfect, until, you know, all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, then you're probably going to wait forever because life just doesn't arrive at a place of perfection. However, it's a good idea to have kids. Yeah. And, and you got to have a real plan. So I always like to start out with this because in our culture today, you know, back a hundred years ago, kids were a necessity. It was a necessity. And let me just say here, you guys, y'all might hear a little bit of music in the background because <laughs> our next door neighbors have got some country music, a blaring. So, well, and we're kind of in a, in a, a turf war battle with them, oh, which gosh. I don't even know if you know that babe, but <laughs> yeah, we go over there and, and they feel real entitled to their loud music. Oh yeah. Um, so anyways, we're, but we're <laughs> it's pretty that aside. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. It doesn't have to be all perfect. So hundred years ago, you know, kids were a necessity. 
Um, people lived on a farm. They had lots of chores. They had lots of kids. And, and so, you know, kids were looked upon as this big blessing because, man, when you have kids, you can multiply, right? You can, you can now scale uh, whatever you're doing. You got kids that can pick the eggs and the chickens and, the, you know, do all kinds of things. Now in our day and age, it's, it's most often kids are looked upon as this burden because now instead of being able, you know, both parents being able to work and bring in more income, you have you know, a, a, a one income home because mom has to stay home and it's hard to find chores for the kids to do, uh, you know, all this stuff. It's easy in our culture to look at kids as a burden, but kids are incredible. Kids are the best thing. Having a family is the most fulfilling thing that you can ever do in your life. And I say that with all confidence. I have five kids and I have done the hard parts of having kids in and even in all the hard stuff, the kid, when you look back on your life, I'm 43. I've had kids for 23 years. When I look back at my life, the, I've had kids for 24 years. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more fulfilling and nothing harder yeah, in this world than having kids. Um, Genesis chapter one, I love this so much. Um, verse 27 and 28 says, so God created man in his own image in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created him. And then it goes on to say, and God blessed him. And, um, he, God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. And I love that because God's blessing to Adam and Eve was their children. It was the expansion of a right. family. And in Proverbs, or sorry, in Psalms 127, uh, he says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with him, he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his, with his enemies at the gate. Like the God's perspective on kids in family, it doesn't, there's no greater blessing yeah. according to God. And so listen, no matter if you jumped the gun and you got pregnant on accident, or if you're thinking about having kids and you're like, gosh, I just don't know. I'm going to have to sacrifice a lot. There's very few things in life that you will sacrifice more for that, that pay off like having kids. Right. I do think, you know, I, as a woman, you know, I, I think that our unique story, I started out differently as a mom than I would say the majority of moms do. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when we got married, of course, your kids were much older, you know, the youngest was six and the oldest was 12. And so we were like knee deep in the school aged years, but I, I was able to work full time you know, it's different. It's different than if you have a baby and you've got to take a maternity leave and you kind of start from scratch and you're so, but for women these days, if you're going to have a conventional family where you you're married, you're going to have a baby, you're going to take maternity leave. You're going to put your career aside for a second or forever. You know, I do think that culture, culture, makes it challenging Mm -hmm. for women who have a drive to do anything other than be with their kids. I think 
there's this battle. I think a lot of women do find themselves in a battle where they have to, mm-hmm. they feel like they have to decide, am I going to pursue my dreams or am I going to have kids? Or if kids are your dream, you know, Yeah. but you find yourself in a situation. I've got plenty of friends who they would love to be at home all day, every day with their kids, but financially they have to work. And so, you know, there's all, there's all kinds of situations, but I do just think that it's, good to go back to the biblical foundation of family and to say, regardless of what culture is telling you, regardless of what your bank account is telling you, regardless of what, you know, social pressures might exist or whatever drive you have inside of you, all of that matters and all of that can get worked out. But what the Bible says about family is that it is a blessing, Mm -hmm. that kids are a blessing, that God blesses his people by giving them Mm -hmm. family. So it's the design. There must be grace to do it. It is. That being said, okay, well, if you're thinking about starting a family, let's be realistic. Yes. Because times are a changing. You know that song, the times? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's about to happen. And um, John Gottman from the Gottman Institute, he says that 67% of new parents experience a decrease in happiness. Oh, brother. I kind of laugh a little bit because it's true. It's not that big of a deal. It's not like, oh my gosh, you know, we're now that we're having kids, like my life's horrible. But the truth is, is when you have kids, you go from tons of connection time, tons of intimacy time. If you want, you know, if you guys want to, you can. Uh, connect anytime you want to. You go from a bunch of freedom and a bunch of like, you can get away with just so much stuff. Want to go to the movies? Let's go to the movies. Want to not cook dinner tonight? Well, we don't have to cook dinner tonight. Want to, I'm going to go fishing with the boys this weekend, you know, and you're like, well, I'm going to go with the girls and hang out. Once you have kids, all that free time, a lot of that free time is now has to be negotiated way more carefully in totally. it reduces significantly. On top of that, you have massive amounts of fatigue. Um, at least most parents experience that. And, and I'm not lying when I say massive amounts. It is the first, you know, six months of having a baby. It, it is, it's like being in buds that doesn't end, you know, like special forces training that, that goes on for six months, not just seven days. Oh my gosh. And it, you can, you can end up, I remember, and it's always funnier when you tell it, but I remember the day three of having Edie, you said to me, babe, I'm so sorry for ruining our marriage. <laughs> ruining our life. It's true. Honestly, it, it is. I love to share this story because I don't know anybody who wanted babies more or tried harder than Mm -hmm. we did. I really don't. You know, it took us seven years. So you can imagine, shock of all shocks, to have this fulfillment of a dream laying in my arms and then night three of her up in the night, I am physically and emotionally and mentally exhausted, sleep deprived, hurting from head to toe, She's crying. I'm crying. It's 2 a.m. And I'm actually saying to Jay, oh, I don't know what to do. I've just made the biggest mistake and we can't send her back. We have to do this forever. I'm so sorry. Our life was amazing and I have just ruined it. I have just ruined our life. And of course, you know, she's three years old now. She's just learned to ride her scooter. So yesterday we just did our first ever scooter walk and I am just 
ear to ear, I can't stop smiling. My face hurts from smiling because I feel like I've, I've just watched this tiny, tiny little girl become a much bigger little girl doing all of these big kid things. Oh, and it's yeah. just mind blowing. I, I can't fathom life without her. But those first few days, weeks, months, I mean, my eyes were spinning, spinning. Yeah, it's true. And, and that can be really challenging. So, you know, on top of that, you have the financial burden of raising kids. And so, you know, it, it really is at first, um, it's just getting all the new things and, and getting everything set up. And again, I think we're having a real honest conversation about what it takes to, to thrive inside of having kids. And, and that's real. So the financial burden of having a family, you know, not only does mom stay home, but also you're spending money on diapers and, and all that stuff clothes at first. And actually the, the price tag, according to, um, the USDA is it, it costs $233,610 to raise a child uh, born in 2015 for 17 years. So that's a quite an investment. Well, 2015 was a long time ago. So I mean, yeah, jack inflation. that number up by at least another, what, <laughs> yeah. 75 grand, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. if inflation is no small thing these days. I think another thing to note that we don't talk about a lot is for the woman, her body changes so much. And so it comes as a big shock, right? We, we often think about kids as like we do a puppy when we're a couple, we're like, Oh, let's get a puppy. It will be so awesome. You know, we'll just chase everything. And, 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 and then people go like, man, if you want to have a kid first, have a puppy. Th that's partially true because the puppy will keep you up and stuff. But kids is just another level because when you had, when you had Edie, I mean, you went from 130 pounds to hundred and. 80 pounds or 75 pounds, you know, like your oh my body. Gosh. Now listen, go ahead. Let me just give you the right stats. Do it, People please. need to know this. This is going to bring freedom to some of you listening I love it. <laughs> with my second, with my second baby, <laughs> I gained over 70 pounds. Yeah. You were a big girl. That's a lot, mm -hmm. right? Now that's not the only thing that changes, right? Like you're, you're, you gain all this weight and then you lose it, but then some things are just I don't baggy forever. And then other <laughs> things grow and they'll never shrink. And I mean, you just, there's no end, but that I can honestly say there's a whole, and this is not what this episode is about, but there's a whole conversation. Now. I know. I guess it is now. There's a whole conversation to have about women and the actual supernatural miracle that it is to conceive, carry and deliver a mm -hmm. child that, the changes to your body are the least of your worries. Listen, like that is whatever, like whatever know, your body does you is what your body, whatever, because it's so hard on a lot of women. Well, I know, but what I'm wanting to say is we have to change the narrative. The fact that to think that you could have a baby yes. and then look like you did at 25 years old Not afterwards. Realistic. No, I'm sorry. Your arm, your arm skin is never going to be as tight. Like, <laughs> Forget other things like that. It'll never be as tight, but like your arms are never going to look the same. Your butt's never going to look the same. Your boobs are never like, let's try to take the pressure off of women mm. to look like anything after having a baby, whatever happens to you when you have a baby, Embrace. it's because you had a baby. Let's love ourselves a little bit more than that. But anyways, yeah. keep going. Yeah, well, it's hard. It can be adjustment. No, and and I, I love adjustment. that conversation because again, we're talking about you're getting ready to have a baby. You need to go into it with, 
really logically healthy expectations. Yeah, healthy expectations. And as the guy, right? Like Lauren gained, what did you say? 70 pounds. 70 pounds. I loved it. I just was like, Jay was in this like fitness season in that time, which mm-hmm. he cycles in and out of like being oh, really still hardcore in at working fit- out. Fitness well, season, babe. I'm still on it. Jay goes up and down with his like workout regimens and eating plans and stuff. He just cycles through. Well, we, during my pregnancy, he happened to be in a hardcore working out, eating right season. So there was a real, there was a time there where like, he was losing weight and I was gaining weight at an approximately like similar rate. Yeah. Yeah. So you got up to my weight, but I think the thing is I knew that was going to happen. You knew that was going to happen. And it's kind of part of the fun. I chose it. I was eating cream cheese bagels at 10 p.m. every night. So what do I expect? If you're, if you're getting ready to, to have kids, you know, those are just some of the things to, to start really thinking about is, um, am I, am I ready for my life to change? Am I ready to put down some of my freedoms, right? To be home on a regular basis. Am I ready for my body to change? Am I ready to be inconvenienced? Are you ready to lose a little bit of sleep? Like, do we actually have a real plan for that? Well, okay. Let me say this. So all the things you just listed, Mm -hmm. those are the things that I feel like fall into the category. No, you're never ready. You're never going to want your body to change the way that it changes. You're never going to want to lose all your freedom. You're never going to want to see your bank account drained for diapers. You don't, that's the part about having kids that you're not ready for ever, but you better know it's coming. You have to know it's coming. You just have to have clear expectations. Those are the parts that are just a given. But what's cool is that all of that is okay. All of that is okay. That's part of it. That's not going to be a unique experience to you. Everybody experiences those changes. If God's plan was that we would have kids and grow our families, he has accounted for those things. What happens though, is that when we don't go in with eyes wide open and people go in with wrong expectations, then you experience what Gottman is saying. You experience this massive decrease in happiness. You experience a a huge upheaval of your life and you wonder if you're spinning out of control or if you'll ever be okay again. And I think we're here to go, you totally will. You're going to be okay. This is all normal. It's part of it. You just need to know that it is. And ultimately, ultimately, what you can prepare for, because all of those things, I'm like, you just can't prepare for that. That Mm -hmm. is just going to blow your mind. Those changes are going to blow your mind. (laughs) But what you can do before having kids, what you can actually do is make sure that the foundation of your family, which is your marriage, is very strong. That's the key. If you have the luxury of waiting to have kids until your marriage is rock solid, do it. That will make or break you. Take us through what makes a marriage rock solid. Okay. So for starters, you have to be able to address your own marriage and answer the question, how's our connection? Are we thriving in our marriage? Are we thriving before kids? Because if you're not thriving before kids, you are not going to thrive after kids. Mm-hmm. That is that is the truth. I don't know anybody. And I know a lot of people. (laughs) I don't know anybody who struggled in their marriage before kids who are happier after kids. Now they're happy with their kids. They love their kids, but their marriages are still suffering. 
a lot of people find themselves in a situation where my marriage is actually harder after having kids than it was beforehand. And so you have to be able to address your connection and, and be honest with yourselves. Like, mm-hmm. are we thriving? I think mm-hmm. that's a really important question. Can I add one thing in into that? Yeah. So part of what builds a really strong connection, and we've talked about this before, is your is your ability to communicate and <clears throat> conflict resolution. And I think that, that those are... Again, we've, we have podcasts already for those. So go yeah, back and listen episode to those. Seven and eight are all on conflict resolution. That's huge. But you have to go back and be able to really assess, are we able to do this? Because when you're tired, you haven't slept, you got more financial pressure, you know, you, you haven't connected as much uh, intimately. Your ability to navigate through those conflicts, your ability to communicate. So that's one thing that, jo- that Gottman says is that... Um, Stress goes up and communication goes down when you have kids. And we want to Absolutely. do the opposite, right? We want we want stress to go down because we are communicating, we're doing teamwork in mm-hmm. and, and so very practically, like really practically, work on your communication, work on your conflict resolution skills. And if you, it's like this, like conflict resolution and communication is like a superpower. If you have it and you can do it, you can almost get through anything. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but if you don't, then you have to be, it just, it's like you have to live in Hawaii uh, on vacation in forever order to be okay. in order yeah. to be okay. Yeah. So to me, that's, that's one of the big pieces in this. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so this is a really big category. I want to talk about trust for a minute. Um, you need to ask yourself, what are the trust levels in our marriage? Mm. Now, here's what I want to say about trust is, you know, do you trust each other that you're committed to your relationship for better or worse forever? Yes, probably so. Do I trust that my spouse loves me? Yeah, on the surface. Do I trust that we both are choosing each other and you know, at the end of the day, we're probably going to make it through? Yes, I trust that. That's not the kind of trust I'm talking about. I'm talking about, do you actually trust each other in these areas? Like to tell the truth, always. Do you trust that you're going to always hear the truth from your spouse? Do you trust that he or she is going to carry their load? Mm. Do they know what is their load? Do they, do, do you know what your load is and do you trust that each other are carrying it? Do you trust that you can both love and protect your marriage? Do you trust that you're both going to take ownership to grow and to change? Do you trust each other to get input when things are not going great? Mm -hmm. Do you trust each other to have accountability do you trust each other to say and do what you're going to do? Like, do you trust each other that the things you say you are going to do? That is enormous. And honestly, growing in trust in those areas typically takes time mm-hmm. inside of marriage because to become married is an enormous transition in and of itself. That brings a whole set of pressures. And, you know, we talked in a previous episode about, you know, ways to um, thrive in your newlywed season. There's a lot of change that takes place in those first, you know, months and years of marriage. And it's meant to be a trust building journey. Mm -hmm. Like those early newlywed years are supposed to build tons of trust between you. And we've said this a million times, but trust is not, you know, trust isn't built in the absence of mistakes, but in how you clean up a mess. The implication there is 
there will be messes. There's going to be plenty of things that happen inside of your marriage that are either going to build or erode trust initially and your ability to repair through that stuff and actually build your bond and build that trust more and more and more. That's enormous. So if you're still in a part, if you're still, if you could still say of your marriage that you don't totally trust each other, maybe there's been some Mm -hmm. lies. Maybe there's been some, you know, in that, in that struggle of building a marriage bond, you know, pressures have come and you have found yourselves in sticky situations where you're working through conflict or you're, you know, rebuilding trust in certain areas. Don't go and have kids yet. Mm -hmm. Like that is worth, your kids are worth you taking a season to fortify your marriage and your trust levels. They deserve it. Your kids deserve to be born into a family where mom and dad, have actually built these strong bonds that you really do trust each other implicitly. Mm -hmm. There's that. There's obviously other things like teamwork. I mean, do you know yet how to share responsibilities, how to share, you know, what are your expectations of, of, you know, what your roles are in the home? Those things are huge to cover before you decide to have kids. Yeah. So right now, if you guys are having a really hard time, um, negotiating chores to be on the same team, you're having a hard time building that team camaraderie inside of your marriage. Listen, it's time to buckle down and, and, and confront that and get better at it, right? Like become the best teammate that you can because I mean, almost every night when I come home, <clears throat> Lauren and I are literally swapping back and forth on teamwork. And, and it's, we've done this long enough <clears throat> that it's almost seamless. I don't really think about it that much anymore. But at one point I did because I'd come home and I would forget that, man, I have a role. Like the dishes need to be done. The There's something on the stove that can be attended to. There's vegetables that can get chopped up for the kids. There's um, toys laying out that can get put away. There's like, <clears throat> now I just do that naturally because we I mean, honestly, because she brought it up so many times. Now, when I come home, I'm just in teamwork mode. I'm literally just walking around like, is there a child that needs to be played with here that's wandering (laughs) around that needs attention? And has mom had a shower? And, you know, like, I'm just thinking. No, the answer is no. Mom has not had a shower. I'm in that mode. And and she is too. And so I think that that's a a big part of of all this stuff. Um, The other thing that I want to dive down just a little bit is... Parenting styles um, are often different. How you grew up being parented, you know, one person to another is often really different. And the thing is, is like, it it can feel like we've got a long time to figure out how we're going to parent our kids. But the truth is, is is that it's never too early to start learning. If you're, if you're seriously thinking about a family, you got to dive into your parenting styles and start to find some agreement there. You know, are we going to do the loving on purpose? Are we going to do maybe some of Seth Dahl's stuff? Um, How are you going to, what are the tools in your toolbox for parenting? And the better that you guys get on the same page and those type of things, it just starts to create this rhythm, this understanding. Um, And you don't want to wait till your, your two-year-old is throwing a sippy cup and you're telling him no. And he just keeps, you know, you don't want to wait till they're throwing tantrums and throwing themselves on the ground to, to be like, Okay. And there's going to be plenty of those moments, even if you do, you know, the parenting stuff, but you want to have a good understanding for both of you, some of those agreements on how you're going to raise the kids. Um, you know, for Lauren and I, when Edie was born, um, after she was born, 
we both agreed that sleep training was the way to go. Now, some of you want to just be zombies and you don't want to sleep train at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some <laughs> people don't you. don't love sleep training. Um, <clears throat> but I, I just, I love sleep training. And so we got a e-course, her and I both sat down and we both watched it. It wasn't her watching it and telling me what to do. We both sat down and watched it so that we both become experts and we can both perform the task if need be, right? And we're on the same exact page. And that helps so much because there were so many times when, you know, at the two month mark, when Edie all of a sudden wouldn't sleep anymore. And I could be a real strength and a partner to Lauren because I've watched the videos and I can be uh, a research and a researcher for us. And I can, you know, I like, I can problem solve with her. And, and at the same time, like we both have this agreement, you know, there's lots of times when Lauren would be like, I just don't know if I'm ready to, to put Edie in her own room. And I'm having to go like, nah, I think we're ready. You know, I think that, I think we're at that spot where we're ready. And this is what, whatever, Kara or whoever your sleep training flavor. Guru. Yeah. Which guru would you like to? (laughs) Yeah. We love Kara taking care of babies, but for us, it was so helpful because we're on the same page. We know the path. Like we know where we're headed. I'm not just wondering, is this baby going to sleep in my bed next to me forever? No, <laughs> that's not happening. So we talked about that stuff ahead of time and <clears throat> talked through like what our expectation was and what our desire was um, for sleep training, for um, actual parenting tools, for routines and got on the same page and put in the same work. You know, we're putting in the same, almost the same amount of work in that. And therefore, you know, Lauren's not feeling lonely. I'm sure she had lonely days, but overall she's feeling like she's got a a partner that's coming home. That's Mm -hmm. geared up that can, man, if she's tired, I can do the sleep. I can, when that baby's crying and she's feeling weak, she's like, (laughs) Oh, I just want to, I can go like, Hey, I got this. You know, Uh I, I got this. I'll, I'll go do the three minute and the five minute and the 10 minute and the 15 minute check-in and just bring some comfort to the baby while still training. (laughs) And so I knew that I felt confident in that. And there's so much, you know, there's just so much strength that comes to, uh, a family when both parents know what they're doing. But in order to do that, both parents have to put in the time. Right. If we lost you at sleep training because you're so triggered by the concept, (laughs) let's just back up and, and say, the point here is for you and your spouse to be on the same page about the plan is huge because you want a teammate. Whatever you choose, you want a teammate. And here's something that I do think, you know, I think this is important for moms to hear specifically you know, we are wired by God to carry and deliver these babies into the world. And it is a, it is a biological chemical thing that happens inside of us. We become these mama bears and we become these fierce protectors of our children. And we are designed to kill and eat anything that would get in the way of our kids and their safety, Mm -hmm. right? We have to be really careful that we don't consider dad to be that thing that gets in the way of our kids thriving in safety. I think moms can tend to take on such an intense role of responsibility for the kids. This feeling of like, they need me to advocate for them or else dot, dot, dot. 
And if we don't have this really strong, fortified bond of connection and trust with our spouse, sometimes moms consider dad the enemy. And actually, they'll prioritize the kids over their Mm. own marriage. And that is not the design for family. That is not God's design. That's not God's best. And so I just want to challenge moms to actually go, hey, when these babies come, everything in you is going to make you want to prioritize that child over everything else. But the truth is, the Bible says that when we choose first our marriage and our covenant, that blessing comes from that place. And so our kids are going to actually get the best when our marriage is getting the best so that you guys get on the same page about stuff. Like let's say moms, you actually have this really strong preference. You really want, uh, what? I don't know. You really want to breastfeed that baby, the baby to sleep in bed for the baby to sleep in bed for three years or, you know, and, and if you want to, that's great. Does your husband want that? Because that matters. Mm -hmm. Does your spouse want, you know, you to breastfeed, for eternity, like that matters. And it, it, it has to matter because actually you have to prioritize your marital connection. Um, other things like, I don't feel ready for a babysitter yet, but my husband is really craving an hour of alone time with me. Okay. What can we do to compromise? How can we, Mm -hmm. how can we make this work? There's just endless amounts. I don't even want to try to drum up silly examples, but the point here is you're going to come once you're, once you're mom and dad, once you're parents, you're going to find opportunities to have to get on the same page or not. And when you're not on the same page about things, there is a lot of breakdown because the stakes feel high, right? Cause we care a lot. Our babies are the most important thing to us aside from our marriage. And mm-hmm. so I would the stronger, the better. Yeah. One last thing I would say on the, the financial part, if you're in a bunch of debt, it's probably not a great time, <clears throat> you know, to have kids in I always say like, like when I first had kids, you know, I wasn't making a bunch of money. I, I've never made a bunch of money, but when I was first having kids, we didn't have a bunch of money, but we didn't have a bunch of debt either. Mm. And that financial stress and pressure is, you know, oftentimes the kids carry a lot of the burden of that, especially as they get older, because the parents are stressed out, you know, and it becomes this thing where, man, it's really hard. So set some goals, you know, set some financial goals and both partners work towards that. Put a little nest egg away if you can. And to me, it's like, you don't have to have loads of money in the bank because we've never really had loads of money in the bank, Mm -mm. but you don't want to be under this, you know, high credit card debt stuff because your marriage is just going to suck. It's just going to be so hard. The, the weight and responsibility of that is, you know, it's unnecessary. And so, yeah, take a real good look. Mm -hmm. If you guys are, if you're wanting to start a family, Here's some things to think about. Get dialed in, you know, take a look at each other, you know, try to, try to borrow your friend's puppy for a little bit. See how you do with that. And, uh, do some overnight babysitting (laughs) for your sister. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever you got to do, but take a real good, real hard look at it because you know that this is going to be the greatest blessing in your life, Mm -hmm. but you want to be smart going into it. Absolutely. All right, you guys. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Share it with all those moms and dads out there or your friends that are thinking about having kids. Oh, hopefully it's helpful. We love our babies. We We love love our kids. Family is the best. Um, All right. Well, hey, if you are enjoying this podcast, like it, subscribe to it, share it, leave comments, help us rate and review 
dates, mates, and babies with the Valentins. And until next time, have a great day.